You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light. Yeah, it's uh, week three of our summer vacation. We're back soon. Um, at this portion of vacation, I had no plans, so I don't know where I am right now. I love that you're, that, that's a good way to go into vacation. You shouldn't plan everything. You should, you no. know, live life in the moment a little bit. Yeah, a lot of the times my daughters and I, we consider vacation when we park the, the car and don't move it for like three days and we're like, hey, that was yeah. great. Yeah, go anywhere. I love that. Just don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Um, myself... Uh, I'll be in Switzerland uh, with the Federers. We're staying with the Federers. Uh, Mirka is cooking up a nice stew for us. It's going to be wonderful. Um, Dan, the theme of this Best of podcast is Olympics. Uh, We went to uh, the Winter Olympics in Korea. Uh, It was such a great time. And we did our podcasts over there. And Mickey, our driver, was a big part of that. Yeah, South Korea. uh, I'll I'll say this. Way better than the Sochi Olympics as far as food go and about everything else. Yeah, and the people were nicer. (laughs) And just in general, it was a better time. Um, We're going to send it to this classic Jane Dan moment, Olympic jacket story. It's time for another classic Jane Dan moment. So I was downtown for a a thing, whatever. That's... uh, get into that what's that yeah no uh so they give us olympic jackets and i've been wearing mine and i've got kids and i go tobogganing and stuff and there's a hole in one of the arms what yeah so i went (laughs) and these are expensive jackets like i would never spend this much money on a jacket in my lifetime and it's warm as hell so i wear it all the time right so i went to the store and i'm like something happened here i got a hole he's like yeah you didn't get that jacket from here i'm like (laughs) yeah my work guy he's like no, that's a hand-me-down. What? <laughs> I said, what a hand-me-down? He goes, when'd you get it? I'm like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago? He goes, no, that's not. I'm like, this <laughs> what, is a brand. Wait, so, hold on. So TSN is giving us hand-me-downs? No, no, no. It's just, I've worn the <laughs> out of it. And so he thought he's, he's like, okay, you're trying to do a fast one on us here. I'm like, no, my but work But you got- were trying to do a fast one on this. No, there's a hole in the arm. <laughs> well, what did you expect? They were going to give you a new jacket? Well, I thought maybe they have, like, hole-fixing technology. <laughs> like a needle and thread? He gave me a piece of cloth. Really? <laughs> yes. said, fix it yourself. Now get the f*** out of our store. Your hand-me-down sh-. No, that's not. That's a hand-me-down. <laughs> so he was not having any of it. So you're going to be in your... Your jacket's probably never been worn. Never been worn. I haven't taken it out of the uh, package. So yours yet. is going to be nice and crisp black. I'm going to look like I got rolled down a you're hill. Gonna, you're going to look like a hobo. The Olympic hobo, Dan O'Toole. That'd be a nice nickname for you over the course of the next two weeks. The Olympic hobo. <laughs> <laughs> and you've... We also got those boots from Under Armour. Oh, yeah. Those I've worn the out of those. <laughs> What? Couldn't you have just waited a little bit? Yeah, I like wearing new stuff. <laughs> I had to work it in. <laughs> That's true. I'll have all these blisters. Yeah, blisters from your jacket. Time for our feature presentation. Well, yeah, we're live from uh, the Olympics, and it's very strange here because we are a day ahead. So whenever I look at my world clock, it really screws me up because it says 
it's currently yesterday in Toronto. That's right. It is yesterday in Toronto. We're in the future. We we know things that no one back in Toronto or Canada knows about. Like yet. what? We can't tell those things. Oh, okay. We can't give away the future. Uh, we are having such a good time here in uh, South Korea. Man, it's just been a whirlwind couple of days. First of all, we, uh, we're, we're doing the podcast from our set atop a building that used to be a school that has since been abandoned. And now we have one of the floors. There are five floors. We have one of the floors as our production mm-hmm. office. The other four floors are a Korean television station. And they are their employees are staying in the building in cots on the floor. The Koreans are super, super friendly. Yes, I like the, uh, the, the culture in which um, after you... you uh uh, you get a drink, or you get a meal, or you say hi to someone, you give a little bow. Right. I like that. Why did you start doing that back in Orno? <laughs> Orno, we bow. <laughs> Welcome hey. to Orno, we bow to you. <laughs> How about uh, Air Canada getting us here? Uh, we didn't have to stop once. They had a plane, uh, there's a lot of gas in there. <laughs> I didn't think you could fit that much gas in a plane. You didn't think a plane could uh, go 15 hours without stopping in the ocean? <laughs> but a tanker? We need some petrol. Not going to make it to Seoul. Uh, but once again, disappointed. I uh, still haven't been on a double-decker plane. This was uh, a single-decker. This is the Dreamliner, though. This is a nice plane. Beautiful flight. Super smooth. Went by like that. Fastest overseas flight I've ever been on. And this is your first time in Asia, Dan. That's right. Uh, we had Craig, my friend. He was preparing us for this trip. And he said it was a, I think it was a three-pass-out flight. Yeah. That's about that's right. That's about right. And then uh, you, we get here. The airport might be cleaner than like a hospital. It's so clean. Yep. And then you get through it so fast. And then we took what was, we were told it was a bullet train. You nearly died on the train. It was not a bullet train. Moved very slow. A lot of stops. But it was, it was hotter than a sauna on that train. We'll take some bullet trains in Japan when we the go, go there. The GO train in Toronto? That's a bullet train, too. We're, we're going to, of course, be covering the Olympics for TSN for the next several Olympics. So we'll be in Tokyo in 2020. They've got real bullet trains. Yes, they do, Dan. They're amazing. We'll go to Beijing, China in 2022. I'll take my wife, who's Chinese. We'll go back. We'll visit some of her family. Uh, her family will look at me with a, a look of disappointment. She still has relatives there? Oh, yeah. Lots of family back there in China. So we'll go visit them. Uh, you'll come along. Uh, we'll say that you're our son. <laughs> we'll confuse them. Because you do look vaguely Asian now, we think. Uh, well, Mickey, our driver, she said... This is I, something. we got to explain Mickey here. Uh, Mickey said I had a small face, and I guess that's a compliment. She also said that you... Uh, seem desperate and lonely <laughs> we went out with her last night we took her out for dinner and you really wanted to go and i agreed with you you wanted to go to a restaurant that was crowded that had some people i in want it. the olympic flavor right uh mickey kept picking places that had nobody in them gee our producer said to mickey i don't like sushi and she said no problem and then she walked right into a sushi <laughs> restaurant. and i said i want to i want a busy restaurant so she walked in a sushi restaurant with zero there people. There was no one there. They looked surprised that we walked in. <laughs> like, you guys want to sit down? The origins of the drop. Men feed my mouth. The other thing, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I've uh, remarked upon it. Uh, people have a tendency to feed me. Men feed my mouth. <laughs> oh, boy. That's going to be a drop for decades after this on the podcast. Men feed Dan's mouth. 
feed so, my mouth, says Dan. So we went to a convenience store. We had to pick up water. Look and, at the uh, drone there. We had to pick up water and some goods. Um, and I asked the gentleman, what's this uh, tube thing here at the uh, the counter? He said, oh, it's sausage cheese. I said, oh, okay. So, and he proceeded to open it up. He said, here, try it. But I'm it's like, just cheese in the form of a sausage. Right. right. And he said, here. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. And then he proceeded to shove it in my mouth. Yeah, he shoved that sausage into your mouth hole. He took his sausage, shoved it into your mouth So I hole. said, okay, I get away with one bite. I tried it. He made me finish it. It was very weird because he was insistent after you had the one bite. You could have just walked away. But once he insisted on feeding that to you in your mouth hole, <laughs> you opened your mouth hole and you accepted his sausage. So never in my 42 years on this earth have I been fed by a man. Mickey's here. Uh, Mickey's trying to find her way into oh, the Oh, hi, set. Mickey. Oh, come around here. Uh I don't know how she's so, going to get so in So Mickey here. is our driver, as Dan mentioned, and she's very blunt. So we're going to get Mickey's take on Dan and me. Now, I don't want that because yes, I am... Yes, yes. No. Yes. It's time, it's time we really dissected it, Dan. Okay. Everyone, welcome Mickey. Mickey. Hi, Mickey. How are you? Good. Your English is very good, by the way. Thank you. Okay, so your take on our crew so far. Um, do, you, do you like us? Do you want us to leave your country? What do you think? Uh, I like your guys, yes. Okay. Who do you like the most? Who do you like the least? Yeah, to, and be honest. Be honest? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Should I be honest? Yes. Of course. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two guys, yeah. Okay. You like two guys? Yeah. yeah. The most, okay. Who? But I can't tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, secret. A okay. secret. Okay. Now, now, is one of them Jay? Because Jay's pointing at himself over there. <laughs> but he already married. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, we should be looking so at we're talking single about, crew we're, members. We're, yeah, we're not, we're not talking about guys you like personality. We're talking about guys you might be attracted to. Oh. Is that what you're saying? You're attracted to these two guys? Or you just like them as friends? You find them handsome? <laughs> yeah, handsome is important. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Do you think in... Okay, who do you like the least? Uh, you. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that. Yeah. What, wow. is it, what is it about me Why that really uh, gets under your skin? Too crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it anything else? Yeah. No. What? So you said my face was small. How would you describe his appearance? Mm, good question. Oh, he looks like a Mr. Bean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bean popular here? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I look like Mr. Bean. You dislike me the most out of the crew. The origins of the drop. At last time. What led you? What did Dan do last night when we were out for dinner that led you to describe him as a lonely and desperate man? <laughs> yeah, what did I do? Uh, he's he's very lonely. He needs a wife. Yeah. Right, right. He needs a, he I, needs to get married again. I tried that once. Yeah, yeah. Didn't end so well. But what what is do you what made you think he is lonely? Is it something he said or did? 
because can I say that? Sure. He drinks. Can I say that really? We all were drinking. <laughs> he drinks at lunchtime. Yeah. Yeah, he's a day drinker. <laughs> But, yeah. Wow, Mickey. Yeah. I thought we were buddies. Yeah. He he likes the soju too much. Yes. Yes. Uh, what what what, how, what did you call the drink that soju and beer again? Uh, soju. Ah uh, ah. Uh, uh, some. 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 We we love that. Yeah. Suzu and beer. Yeah. And the chicken and cheese dish that we had was duck. Takgalbi. We're the last to get dropped off. Gee's condo's near my condo, and Mickey, our driver, says, uh, "I'm going for massage now." And this is 12:30 at night. And I said, um, "Now?" And she said, "Yeah, 24-hour Thai massage." And uh, immediately, Gee and I said, "Can we come?" And she said, sure. So I know what you're thinking at home. You're thinking uh, this is one of those places uh, with the happy right. endings. No, this is not a. Ha- this is a true, authentic Thai massage. We got there. It was fifty uh, dollars for an hour, and uh, you got your your you changed into what are almost like burlap sack type robe uh, type pajamas. Okay. Uh, tops and bottoms. You sit at a little um, a little foot bath, and uh, three Thai women come out and individually uh, wash our feet. And then we all go into the same room together. This is what really blew my mind. Instead of going into an individual room for a massage, like like I would always do, we all went into. It was almost like a small gymnasium with mats on the floor, and we all lie down together. So I was next to Gee, <laughs> hearing every uh, bone crack, every grunt, every sigh. But you, again, you have the sack on. We're completely clothed. Okay, now do you do you have a conversation with Guy at this point, or do you just say silent? No, I I was too kind of like uh, this is weird. I just hope he doesn't fart. Um, I like I know at one point Mickey fell asleep. I could hear her sleeping, and that happens sometimes in massage. She just fell asleep because it was you, such a relaxing you and massage. Were talking about the leaps. How about those buds? Well, we weren't talking, but. Uh, and this is what made Gee a little upset: is that the Thai girls were talking to each other the entire time, clearly making fun of us, of us, right? Talking about our bodies and how inadequate they were, um, talking about how physically inept we probably were. And then what Mickey surmised is they were talking about Gee's thick, burly muscles and how it would be difficult to massage him because it would be like massaging a, a wood table. That's right. You know, like a wood table, so it'd be very difficult. So, Mickey, why don't you come on in here? Um, so that was an amazing thing. First of all, I couldn't believe it was 24 hours. Like these ladies are just sitting around all night long, waiting for people to show up out of the bars to get massaged. Yes, yes. <laughs> And how often do you go to this time massage? Uh, once a week. Wow, I I I feel like I'm going to go every night for the remainder of the games. Is that okay? Yeah, you should. Now, do they have the the happy ending massage as well? Uh, nearby, uh, just in case Gee wants to go. Mm, yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay, so if Gee wanted to go to the happy ending massage, you'd point him in that direction. Okay, I will. Okay, perfect. Mickey, Mickey aside from the massage, how's your Olympic experience now that we're a week in, over a week in? <laughs> you having fun? Yeah, really. Or are you uh, saying, okay, enough? Everyone, get out of my country. No, 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 your guys are so uh, kind and funny, and yeah, everything is fine. Yeah, thank you. I understand you had some questions you wanted to ask us, maybe. Yes, uh, but uh, can I ask? Yes, of course. <laughs> Anything okay. you want. Yeah. Okay. Last week you said I looked like Mr. Bean. It was our breakout viral video hit of the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, and 
You are so popular in Canada, right? We're pretty famous there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How could you say that? No, no, I just, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. And you are so tall. So what is, um, you are being a tall, what is good thing? What's good about being tall? Yes. Uh, I'm glad you asked me that question. First thing that comes to mind is concerts, to go see a concert. Mm-hmm. And I am always taller than everyone, so I can see better. Oh. And you can reach everything on the top shelf. Yes, yes. And uh, so we went to the beach, remember? Beach today. Yes. Yeah. So uh, many Korean, all the Korean men, uh, women think, uh, Danny? Yes. Danny is good looking. Yes, Korean people think Dan is good looking. Yeah. And um, you explained it's because he has a small face. Yes, small yes. face. It was very odd when we went down there for it's called the Burning Festival. Yeah. Is that when the children would come up to me and shake my hand? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he has small face. So maybe I should just move here. Oh, <laughs> but Jason will miss you. Uh, maybe not that much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll replace him with g e e And then, uh, Mickey, we went to the uh, Mountain Cluster the other night. We've been hanging out a lot, a lot with uh, John Morris, the gold medal winner. Yes. And um, he carried you on his shoulders. Oh, who says that? Yeah, well, I, I posted it. The whole world it's saw it. Really? Yeah, it's not bad. Really? Yeah. That's that means no you're happy. You're having fun. Yeah, you, we were having a great night then. So everybody knows I'm fat. No, 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 Mickey, no, no, come on, no, no, John, no, no, they they just saw you uh, riding on Johnny's shoulders and... uh And they thought you made a lot you, of Canadians jealous. You seemed very, uh, very happy. You, yeah, that's yeah. true. You made a lot of Canadian women very uh, jealous. But the truth is, he has a girlfriend. Well, he does. He does. Yes, yes, yes that's true. Yes. But what happens in Korea? <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that one of your highlights? Because you got to but wear actually, a gold he, medal. He's not my type, actually. Oh, he's not your type? Yeah, yeah. Who, mm. uh, what is your type, Mickey? Jay. Yeah, Jay Johnson. <laughs> Jay, so, another, uh, so Jay is one of our crew members. But, what do you like about Jay Johnson? But he's, he's, he's married and he has... Two children. That's right. Perfect. Yeah, But yeah. he doesn't have a wife in Korea, and everybody needs one. How come? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why don't you, Jay? I think you should go to the hospital. You think I should yeah, go to the hospital? Yeah, he needs some help. So he needs help in his head, right? He needs yeah, head help. Yes. I do need head help. I do need head help. Uh, uh, one question I had, Mickey, for okay, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are no birds in your country. Oh, no birds. Uh, but we have a dove. Pigeon, dog. Yeah, we have pigeons. Yeah, yeah doves. And yeah, sparrow. Yeah. yeah, but and and seagulls. We uh, saw seagulls. Oh, we saw today. seagulls. Yeah, yeah, but be honest, Korean people they don't like birds. Really? Yes. So the, the birds so understand this, and they're like, "Okay, I they, see what's happening here." You know what? Here. I'm going to skip over here. I'll go to China, <laughs> or I'm going to go to Japan. I don't want to go to Korea. The people don't like us there. Thank you for everything, Mickey. Okay. Yeah, thanks for driving us around all week and and being such a good sport, Mickey. You've been awesome. Okay. Goodbye. The one thing uh, the South Koreans have not figured out, all the technology they have, are the bathrooms inside their living quarters. Right. There's no now, we, now, to be fair, we only had one. See, we had two experiences. We were in a beautiful hotel in Seoul where it was, it was very separated and very North American and good. And then we had these condos, which was not so good. I don't know if every South Korean bathroom has an open shower open to the toilet. I asked Mickey and she said, oh yeah, that seems to be the way. Really? And they don't heat that part of the house, which is odd because, again, you're naked and wet. 
Yeah, yeah, those those bathrooms got pretty wet. Pretty soaked. Naked and wet, the Dan O'Toole story. Oh, you had a pretty exciting Olympics, it seems. <laughs> Spent the whole time naked and wet. We got to visit the Penis Park. Uh, that was our last story we did. Um, again, very quickly, something to do with a woman. Her husband went off to sea to fish. Uh, he died. Uh... And then he, he and then peed another in the man ocean. peed in the ocean and exposed themselves. So the fish went away, and then he peed in the ocean. Then the and fish they came, came back. back. So they thought that was channeling the spirit of the fisherman who died. So they started to create an homage to him in the form of many penis statues. Yeah. And so there's an entire park filled with penis statues. And I got to say, it was really fun just hanging around <laughs> that penis park. But the scenery. One of my, one of my favorite uh, stories we've ever done. The scenery. Was a straight out of a storybook. <laughs> storybook penis. The Jay and Dan story. Storybook peen. Do you think there's like kids' books about the penis park and all the penises in the park? And you could buy, um, you could buy souvenirs, penis-shaped uh, booze caps. Well, the museum attached to it was five stories. That's a lot of... Do you think there's one five-story in there? We didn't go in. We didn't have time. No. We never had time for anything. We had, everything was a massive rush. We had to get... Pardon the pun. We had, we, we had to get a story done in the morning, and then we had to do the show, and then we had some time in the afternoon and evening to relax, and we got to go to... So every night we would go to Cafe Nuts. Now, I think we mentioned right. Cafe Nuts on previous podcasts. It was the only bar that was open in between the Media Village and the Athletes' Village, after all the um, country houses would shut down. So Canada had a house, Czech Republic had a house. Every country has a house where the athletes and their families of those countries can go specifically. And then usually they open it up to other people to come and sample some cuisine of yeah. that country. But they shut it down early. They don't want to deal with the riffraff. Exactly. They, they would usually, Canada House shut unusually early, like 11 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, most houses would shut at 12. And by then everyone's just getting going. They wanted somewhere to go. Well, Cafe Nuts was kind of the only option, and it turned into a giant fire hazard That's every right. single night. Yeah, the capacity was probably 200 people, and then they would fit about 600. Yeah. And we aren't exaggerating. Uh, we ran into some Koreans on our last night, and we were asking them, I said, are there fire codes here? And they're like, uh, what's that? I'm yeah. like, like, capacity. Like, a fire marshal says yeah. you can only have this many people in here no, because no it's point. unsafe. They, and they said... <laughs> nah. I said, what? And they said, are you scared? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they like uh. to terrify us. <laughs> this is the interview of the week. Because you don't want to have to sit through uh, 20 minutes of us talking about Dan's trip to the library <laughs> oh, in nice. Peterborough. We actually do that. Is it true nah. that if you have a library card, you get free audiobooks? Oh, I've never listened to an audiobook. Hey, have we? We've begun. Yeah, this Lisa is Laflamme. She is this here. This started. started. Lisa Laflamme is here. Lisa, can we start off by talking about Korea? Had you <laughs> been to Korea before? And I had. Yeah. You had now to cover for the news. What, what? What? Tell us why you had been there before. I assume it was a work thing. No, unbelievably, no. the last time I was in Korea was just two years ago, and I was on my way to Myanmar. And it was Toronto, Seoul, Seoul, Yangon. Wow. So I thought, okay, I'm going to hang around in Seoul for a couple of days. Cool city. And this Very time cool. this time around, I never got to Seoul except for the airport. We were in Pyeongchang the whole time and up near the DMZ at the border with North Korea. So. Right. And we discovered where the Olympics were 
We were kind of in farm country. We were in farm country. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it awesome, though? Didn't you just love that? We kind of like get Absolute. to Seoul. Oh, you got to Seoul. Got to Seoul. Got Seoul, one, is one fabu- Seoul is a fabulous city. Yeah, yeah. it seemed Absolutely. really like modern, and ever all the young people seemed cool and hip. I was like, <laughs> I want to hang here. <laughs> How many Olympics have you been to now? Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess my first Olympics was Athens, so that was 04. Yeah. Okay. And then Beijing um, in 08. And and everyone after that. So, so of all those, which, which but you, I don't you, go you to lead, cover the know, sports. You so. go for the lead up, which is very interesting. As the anchor, I go for the lead up because mm-hmm. there's always, you know, if you think of Sochi, the politics around I mean, Russia stuff. had just invaded Crimea, and we we're five minutes from there. So yeah. that was fascinating to be in Sochi this time. Of course, the build up between North Korea and Donald Trump uh, yep. and Little Rocket Man. So that made this really interesting. Interesting, um, but as a when I was a reporter for all those years, I would go for the whole shebang. Don't don't you find that at every single Olympics there's a if you go you will die scenario at every <laughs> even well, London <laughs> even London they were like you know That's the true. London bank yeah. machines are running out of money. I'm like London really? You know the it's London absolutely true. <laughs> the, these are stories. Funnily enough, we don't really cover a lot of those before the world's attention is focused on any one place. And then the minute the minute the opening ceremony starts, nobody cares about the politics. That's right. It's really which is the right thing. All it is yeah. is about the athletes and. Although this one was very political throughout with the, you know, formerly known as Russia athletes and uh, right. yes, the North that's Korean. True. Uh, but did you team. find, Lisa, like talking to the South Koreans, I came back with a very different view of North Korea. Like, I don't worry about it too much anymore. And because the South Koreans were very much like, ugh, whatever. As someone so described it to, to us, it. it's yeah. like uh, an annoying neighbor. You're just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I just deal with it. Well, it's true. I mean, this, especially where we were, mm-hmm. half of the people in Pyeongchang are from North Korea at some point. So they know it's not, you know, they're obviously they have a better life where they're living now in Pyeongchang, but their relatives are there. That I found very emotional when we spoke to so many people who'd been divided, their families divided, and there's that one day a year that they can maybe catch a glimpse of a grandfather over a fence. I found that very um emotional yes but uh yeah they're not stressed about it not the way the rest of the world is Um, they don't even believe the whole like what's the what's the gain for uh kim jong-un to fire off the rockets really right right (laughs) yeah so i don't know but it's very interesting last week's uh you know armored train ride to beijing it's it's all a very fascinating there was a lot of booze on the train (laughs) (laughs) that's what uh, that's what i saw was being reported yeah (laughs) Um, full of booze. One thing I remember, and I know you've been asked about this a lot, but it fascinates me. You you get hired to co-anchor Canada AM with our friend, our mutual friend, Rod Black, who's just the loveliest Love Rod, guy. Rod, yes. And you guys were so good together. But like day two, right? Day two, 9-11. Yes, like the second right. day you guys are on together, yeah. 9-11. Like, so what, like, that must have been crazy. It was really bizarre for me because, first of all, I'd been working in the Ottawa Bureau parliamentary correspondent i loved covering politics and it was a huge decision and rod also loved what he was doing so it was for both of us a huge decision should we leave the world we knew and loved to come 
I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, although I'm pretty sure Rod just kind of rolled out of bed at 4.30. Um, <laughs> I'd say looking that too. I'd say I'm looking like a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I that very first day on Canada AM, I remember thinking... I'm not sure. I don't even cook in my personal life, so I wasn't sure how I was going to do it on <laughs> national television. And um, and then the very next day, I remember coming home that first day thinking, "Whoa, was this the right decision?" And then the next day, 9/11 happens, and of course, you know exactly what to do with breaking news because that had been my whole life. Um, prior to that day and by three o'clock that afternoon I was crossing the border into the US not a soul on the interstate highway into New York City where we arrived at you know 1 in the morning and um, we were I did my first week of Canada AM from basically Union Square in New York City uh, when you when days, you first yeah. drove in describe that scene oh, because that's God. something no one well, we had to get out of the vehicles. First of all, the guy at the border, I'll never forget. I was with a, a young producer, and he said, where, where are you girls going? We said, we're journalists. We're going to New York City. And he just kicked into high gear, gave us perfect, perfect directions, which got us right to 14th Street, which was as close as you could get to Wall Street that night. And we got out of the car, just basically abandoned it, put sweaters over our faces, walked right down into what was still smoke and ash and bits flying all over. It was the most shocking thing. There were shoes on shoes everywhere. I remember seeing rats. I remember seeing um, play, uh, how do you call them buy and sell bills, which I picked up some off the ground because I, 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 I had to see what is all this all over right. the floor. And it was, in fact, just buy and sell bills from, uh, you know, the various financial buildings there. It was an amazingly horrifying experience. You couldn't breathe. We were almost arrested because, you know, they didn't know we were journalists. We shouldn't have been down there. But you're you're drawn there. Obviously, that's why we're there. You can't even believe still that this has happened. And... Um, that the weirdest thing is we get obviously every hotel in New York City was booked solid so CTV managed to find two rooms at one of the priciest places the St. Regis in New York yeah and we never slept in it for six days we wow. we literally worked around the clock I remember going back to the hotel just to change or you know have a shower but Nobody slept till the Saturday, so this happened on a Tuesday and on the Saturday. It's all very vivid, as you can imagine. So you went with a, a young producer and a camera yeah. operator and yourself. Who made the decision? Did you immediately after that first show, that, that first show on the day of 9-11, mm -hmm. did you say, I'm going? Yeah, well, we sat after, it was a marathon broadcast uh, before Lloyd Robertson took over at about one in the afternoon. And so at one, Rod and I and the team that had been working to try to just get any information we could, we sat around in the uh, boardroom and I remember there were tears some of them, I'm sure, were my own because it was the first time you could really think about the impact of what had just... We had all witnessed live on TV. 
um, I remember when the second plane hit the second tower, I said out loud on live television, now we may be watching a replay here because who could have imagined it was the second tower? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, we just said, um, I I don't remember how it, it just, I just said we got to get, we got in a van and... We just left. Because you had been a correspondent. Yeah. Like, this is natural to you to yes. want to be there, right? And yeah. that was the other thing. I had been in conflict zones before, and I had done that kind Well, nobody had ever done that kind of thing before. Right. Nobody, because it was so horrifyingly new, um, particularly so close to home. But, um, yeah, it was just instinct. And, of course, CTV said go. We had a team of people down there, as you can imagine. Right. And stayed. I stayed personally for eight days. And I remember clearly in the plane as it was rising over LaGuardia and seeing what was still smoldering where the trade uh, twin towers were. And there was this really sinking feeling of abandoning a story because it was so far from over and right. and then basically a few months later I ended up in in Iraq and Afghanistan and and did that for the next many years because it was where the story took us right and uh, yeah it was quite a just a still is t- in my mind one of the most uh, horrifying events ever to have to cover and the but- people like looking for loved ones and lining up with hairbrushes for DNA and all that. Oh, it was man. just a chilling, chilling thing. Favorite interview you've ever done and yes. person wow. you haven't interviewed oh, but would goodness. like to interview. Okay, I would love to interview the Queen. Mm, I would yeah. absolutely love to interview the Queen. I think she has one of the richest, and I don't mean that financially, although she has that too. She's got that. Uh, but the backstory. Oh, my God. Love. Yeah. I just, you know, she is like one of the first strong women. Uh Favorite interview is really tough. Wow. That's so hard. I can never come up with an answer yeah. because That's like every interview has... <laughs> some, no, but every interview has something, hopefully, that you take away from it. Um, so, I don't know. Was well, there one how, how that about, surprised you? Is there one that you were like, wow, I didn't, I didn't expect yeah, that from that person? I'm always... Uh, yes, I'm, I am... I would say I'm... I'm surprised a lot <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is a good thing you do your thing. research so much you know to within an inch of your life yeah before you do an interview so, so the then it becomes a conversation and all of a sudden something oh there's a new piece of information and i always think okay great i was able to expose something that wasn't in all the research that i've done so um, I'm terrible at, at being able to pull out a... a How about the... Or... Was there one person where... You always read in books, you're like, when this person entered a room, it just... Everyone was drawn to this person. Is there anyone like that where they walked into the interview room and you're just like, Ugh, that, that's him. Or, or her. her. Or her, yeah. There are, but I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I can't... Uh, like Obama? Did you ever interview Obama? I was Obama? in the same room with Obama. I threw a question at him at a G7 summit, but I never sat down across okay. from him. I always wanted to do that also, mm-hmm. actually. The same with his wife. I'd love to interview yeah. her. Yeah. Um, My daughters want her to run for president real bad. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> that's going to happen no. either. No, no chance. Yeah. He's done with that. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't process it that, that way. Things like I, I could probably come up with a lot of 
negative things, but I don't want to bring the podcast down. Yeah. Oh, no. 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 Well, we do that on our Leave on a yeah. high note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, I'm trying to be really optimistic. Guys. You, you are going to be it. a hit with uh, the podcast <laughs> listeners, and yeah. we always know because immediately people say, she needs to be back, and we want to hear more. Wow. And yeah. we're going to well, hear that go. a lot. So this was Well, amazing. I'm a big fan of the podcast, so it's great to be here, and thank you very much. It's, uh, it's great having us. This is the Jay and Dan Podcast. Presented by our good friends at Coors Light.